Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit Somethings Podcast 100. Woo, 100. I don't have anything special planned, so it's just a regular show. But hopefully, you will enjoy the show. So I guess I can start off with some pre-playing of StarCraft II Heart of the Swarm Thoughts. I've been sort of on the fence about whether I should get it or not, and so I decided, you know, I can download the regular base game that I have already and, you know, play some multiplayer, see how I feel about it, see if I want to get back into it or not. Those who have heard my ramblings on it quite a few podcasts ago know that I was kind of in the bottom rank in you know, sort of the bottom one quarter of the bottomest rank. And so it was kind of frustrating and very sad to play, and so I stopped playing pretty quickly after launch. But lately, with my playing of League of Legends and stopping playing League of Legends, I got bored, you know, with the single map. And so I've been thinking, you know, do I really want to continue playing a competitive sort of game? And if so, you know, StarCraft Two has a bunch of different maps, And it is random, and, you know, there are different strategies I could use and such. So it is a bit more flexible in terms of, you know, possibility to have a different experience and, you know, potentially learn better strategies than I already know, you know, with the different races. I tend to play random, so that probably doesn't help because, you know, then I've got three different racial strategies going on in my head at all times. I would say it it probably definitely helps me predict maybe what my opponent is going to do because you know overall I know all of the races a little bit but you know so far I'm not terribly good but one of the things I did notice when I installed it and started checking things out again that did kind of upset me was it said if you get hard of the swarm you get you know these additional new unit types and you should you know upgrade and and get those units And why that upset me is because for years, way back when they were first working on StarCraft II, they said, you know, we're going to produce three different games, one game for each race, yet multiplayer is going to stay the same throughout all of them. You know, if we do change anything, it will change for all versions. And you won't have to, you know, worry about keeping up and getting all of them. You can just get one and then, you know, play with your friend who has, you know, maybe the next one or, you know, the last expansion. And you you should, you know, be able to play with them and be just fine. Well, with the implication that there are these special units and you have to have Heart of the Swarm to get access to the units and get access to this new type of experience system, that kind of implied to me that they're creating a division that they said they weren't going to create and that now there's basically the old basic StarCraft II players and, you know, everybody else who is current with Heart of the Swarm. And the reason that kind of upsets me is it's kind of a very competitive group of people. And so unless you're playing casually, you're basically forced to upgrade and get the current expansion 
And, you know, we can assume that this will happen again when they do the Protoss game as well. They originally were going to release them one year apart, and I think it's been closer to two. So it's not super terrible. You know, it is only $40. You know, you spread out over every other year. It's $20 a year. That's that's nothing, especially compared to, you know, like an MMO that's, you know, 15 a month. That's not really a big deal. But I still have kind of mixed feelings about it because the StarCraft games and back when they were doing the Warcraft strategy game, it was designed that you would buy the game and then you'd be able to play multiplayer forever and not have to worry about, you know, changing your version or upgrading or any kind of microtransaction kind of things. And even though this works out to be, you know, basically $20 a year or less if you buy it through Amazon because Amazon always gives you, you know, coupons for X amount of monies off. They gave me one for 20 off for whatever it was I bought last. So this really only cost me 20 bucks. But it's not, you know, so much the money that sort of upset me about this. And I'm not completely, totally upset, you know, with it being closer to two years, I think, than not. You know, it doesn't actually really surprise me that changes are kind of required. But it's just the principle of it. You know, they originally said you won't have to update your game. You know, you'll just play on whatever version you have and you'll always be okay to play with, you know, whatever future versions come out and the brand of StarCraft 2 will always be even for everyone on multiplayer, you know, regardless of their version. And now it seems like, you know, here's the first expansion and they're totally going back on what they said. So I don't know, like I said, you know, I'm not really surprised because it did take a long time for it to come out. But it seems kind of like, you know, a trend sort of in a way that games are producing content that sort of is required if you want to you know, be current with, I guess, you know, multiplayer if that's what you're doing or, you know, in terms of a single player game that, you know, it's content where you kind of have to get it in order to be current with the story and, you know, know, you know, fully what's going on and be ready for whenever the next full game is. You know, they release this content that is sort of required, which kind of attaches to my next segment about Dead Space 3. But I don't know. It's just something that kind of irked me and so I thought I would talk about it. I expect it's probably not something that's going to come up you know a whole lot but it kind of came up with Mass Effect 3 and that they had this special add-on character you had to pay 10 bucks for right when the game launched even it was you know day zero downloadable content as they are calling it and while I never played him through the rest of the game there were a few missions that were you know attached to him that really gave you a whole lot more background and added to the story. And it's like thinking back, if I hadn't done those missions, you know, I would have missed out on this big chunk of story. So, you know, content like that seems, you know, it's, it's not okay. It should have been in there, especially in the case of Mass Effect 3 when it was, you know, day zero content. It's like, okay, that was obviously done before the game launched. You know, that should have been in the release game for free. So things like this, which are, you know, required add-ons, required content, required, you know, expansions, this kind of makes me wonder, you know, is that really fair to the players? You know, probably the majority of StarCraft II players are going to upgrade, but, you know, what about those people that don't upgrade? You know, they're going to be left in this little tiny pool of players who are still playing on the old version. And while that might be, you know, all fine and well, is that really fair? 
I mean, you know, all these other people are experiencing new content, they're getting new maps, they're getting new benefits for, you know, their multiplayer experience, you know, but all these other players aren't. So it sort of generates this have and have not society. And again, you know, it's not a huge investment, 40 bucks, it's, you know, cheaper than a regular full price game. But still, just the idea of having, you know, a split community of have and have not players, I don't know, it makes me kind of sad that, you know, if I don't upgrade, you know, I would be left out on this new content. And, you know, I would always know there's this content out there and this new style of, you know, online multiplayer benefits, I guess you could say, that I'm not getting. And that just kind of makes me sad. I did decide to pick it up. Like I said, you know, with my coupon, it was only 20 bucks, So it's not a huge deal. Wasn't in my budget. I can, you know, find the money. It's 20 bucks. It's not a huge deal. And hopefully, you know, it will be cool and fun and I will not be quite as terrible as I was. You know, I have no problem being in, you know, the bottom rank. I'm kind of a little bit older. I'm, I'm not super pro at strategy games, you know, that are real time because they're like, super fast. I'm pretty good at the strategies, but, you know, being able to execute them while everything's going on super fast is kind of crazy for me. And I'm, you know, okay with being in the bottom rank. That's fine. But I at least want, you know, fighting chance. I want to be, you know, at the point where I can win some and I can lose some and I can be okay with it. And, you know, still sort of see that I'm progressing and maybe getting a little bit better or learning some new stuff. Before I was just Losing and losing and losing, and it just didn't make any sense why. And it just made me sad. So hopefully that won't happen again. And I will get it um, in a few days. I decided to, you know, get it through Amazon so it'll be a few days before it gets here. So I will talk about that on next podcast. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder up above the world so high Like a diamond in the sky When the blazing sun is gone When the nothing shines upon So the Dead Space 3 Awakened downloadable content was only 10 bucks, And I just finished Dead Space 3 recently, so I figured... You know what? It's only 10 bucks. I will pick it up. It was super quick to finish. It only took two hours, I think, to finish it. I did it in one sitting, and it kind of snuck up on me. I was like, oh, that's it. It's done already. But wow, it was, like, so good. It was, for me, pretty much the perfect blend of, you know, combat slash action and sort of the paused cutscene stories slash additional lore of, you know, what is going on in this downloadable content, you know, how they're continuing the story. And it felt kind of like an interactive movie, you know, not that I was sitting back and watching it, but it's that, you know, here's this awesome epic movie and, you know, I'm a part of it because, you know, I'm playing Isaac and here we are going through the movie and here's this part that explains this of this bit of, you know, Lauren's story and then here we are fighting. And it, it went at a good pace and I think it was very well, you know, interspersed with combat and story to sort of weave this great tale. It does add a couple of new bad guy types, but overall the core gameplay is pretty much the exact same as the basic game. 
In terms of loot, it does add some new plus three, plus three super epic chips. So you can, you know, upgrade your stuff and get even more uber. There are a few new pieces of component types. Like I think I got a frame and like a head that made it, you know, fully automatic. And they're kind of easy to tell what they are because they say Mark II, blah, 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 blah. So anything that's Mark II is from the expansion slash downloadable content. The levels seemed quite a bit more linear and, you know, you had to go here and there was pretty much one path to get to it. And while that sounds like a negative thing, it's actually a good thing. Because like I said, you know, the pacing of the story and the action really worked out very well. And so the linear nature of the levels is is fine. You know, it kind of moves things forward at a reasonable pace. Awakened does pick up right at the end of the basic game. And I'm sure if there was a Dead Space 4, which I, I think they've mentioned they're actually already working on, wouldn't surprise me. I'm sure that the downloadable content would be included in any sort of, you know, previously on Dead Space that they have. Because at the start of all of the games, there's an option to, you know, push the previously on. And if you haven't played the previous games, you know, it sort of summarizes everything for you. But because it does pick up right at the end of Dead Space 3, and, you know, it is sort of an additional chapter to the, you know, overall story, I do think it is kind of critical for, um, you know, lower end story. So it's like, you know, you're okay with the ending of Dead Space 3, but, you know, if you like the lore, if you like the Dead Space series, you know, you'll definitely want to pick up Awakened. And, you know, it's like an extra chapter, like I said, added on, you know, at the end there. And it continues, you know, it's a little small story. Is it necessary? Um, yes and no. Like I said, if you are a fan of the Dead Space series, I would highly recommend it. But at 10 bucks for, you know, basically two hours of gameplay, it seems a bit pricey. The average game is about $2 to $4 an hour. And this is, you know, pushing $5 an hour. So in terms of the amount of time you're spending for how much money you're spending, it is a bit pricey. But again, you know, it is 10 bucks. You know, I don't know what the prices are of where you live. But for me around here, a regular 2D movie is around, you know, 12 bucks full price. And that's, you know, typically an hour and a half. So, you know, it's a very fair price, you know, for entertainment. And 10 bucks, you know, you can spend more than 10 bucks on lunch if you go out to lunch, you know, so it's not a huge amount of money. But, you know, some people, you know, they got to watch their money. Like I said in the previous podcast, you know, if downloadable content is 15 to 20 bucks, you know, I, I tend to shy away from it for a little while. But at 10 bucks, I think it's a very good deal and very definitely worth getting if you are a Dead Space fan. I'm not sure when I will be able to release this segment, but I am recording it the day after the beta weekend that I was in closed. I would guess I played somewhere between 10 and 12 hours total, and I had just gotten to, I think it was like level 101, I think, 
200 is like a soft cap on level. Since you gain skill through using weapons and it unlocks different ego powers, I think that's kind of a unlimited thing. I'm not sure. But these are my thoughts on the Defiance Beta Weekend. Defiance is a science fiction third-person shooter. It has a tie-in to a show of the same name, which will air on Sci-Fi Channel. I played it on PC, but I guess it will be available for 360 and PlayStation 3 as well. The graphics are very good. They are pretty varied. I didn't see a whole lot of different bad guys, especially if level 100 is indeed halfway to the maximum level, as it were. The areas did seem to be varied enough in design. From what I can tell of the story, it looks like they took basically the Earth that is and sent it probably several hundred years into the future, where I guess some aliens have started terraforming the planet. And so there's sort of like this bad alien influence that has corrupted the ground. There's a lot of weird alien stuff going on. There's a bunch of alien-type critters. And there are some alien races around. Some of them are good, and some of them are just kind of spoken about as if they are, you know, evil and want to remain evil. So I'm not quite, you know, entirely sure what's going on with the story since I don't think anything's been released about it, you know, because of the upcoming series. And I think they want to, you know, keep all that secret until, you know, the series airs. There wasn't really sort of any intro other than, you know, it threw you right into the world. So you just kind of had to pick up, you know, the various lore that's there presented to you. The music is not persistent. It will come and go at various times. The bulk of it kind of reminds me of music they used in Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Sort of a synthetic, futuristic, sort of sad overtones kind of thing. One cool thing they do have is that whenever you go to most of the story quests, they have like a sort of cutscene that introduces what's going on and you know who the characters are that are involved in that bit of story. And so that's pretty cool from a role-playing standpoint because you get a bit of lore and you get this little cutscene. It is kind of very eight years ago in that your character never actually says anything, which is kind of really annoying and dumb if you ask me these days. Really, there's no reason why your character shouldn't say anything. I mean, they don't even really say anything in terms of, you know, emoting either. They just kind of like nod or just do whatever it is people tell them to do, which seems really weird. Even I would think people who actually can't speak would, you know, gesture and have some kind of way to communicate. This seems odd that you just kind of stand there and you'll like nod and then accept the mission and not actually say anything or gesture or anything. I guess it's more of a personal gripe than anything else, but it's really kind of off-putting in a world where everybody speaks except you. The game itself is an extremely basic point-and-shoot emoji shooter. There have been very few of them. It seems like you just get your one ego power, as they call it. I forget what ego stands for, but it's basically this sort of computer AI that's in your head. You can actually buy, you know, in terms of talent, sort of buy more than one power. 
but you can only activate one main power at a time. And then you get lesser powers. And I think by the time I was level 101, I had, uh, I had unlocked three slots for lesser powers. Once you have unlocked them, you can slot them. And it's just like, you know, any kind of other spec that you have in any other game. You, you set what you want. And then I think there are ways to set it and switch it out quickly. I didn't really ever, you know, have enough to switch them. But for a shooter, it seemed really kind of limited. I wanted to kind of go behind cover and shoot from behind cover. I wanted to use different abilities, you know, in different situations. You know, because I'm used to playing something like Mass Effect 3 where I have, you know, several abilities, even though it's only like, you know, two or three. You know, it's more than just the one ability. And, you know, I'm used to using cover and moving tactically. And here it's just, you just kind of run and stand and shoot at people. You can crouch, but there's no cover system as it were. So you're pretty much, you know, just always standing straight up shooting at people. And sometimes you might get behind something while your shields, you know, recover. But mostly it's like really, really simple. All the bad guys just kind of run straight at you and you kind of shoot them in the face. And about two-thirds of the way through my playtime, there did seem to be a little bit of tactics showing up with the bad guys. There were people with rocket launchers. There were guys with shields, and the guys with shields would be totally invulnerable. So you'd have to have, you know, somebody else with you to flank them. Or, you know, you could throw a grenade at them, and then they'd be kind of stunned. But other than that, it was really, really simple. Just point at the bad guy and shoot him in the face. There are several weapon types. I counted 13, and this is a beta, so that may or may not be, you know, a final number. But as you use the weapon, it levels up, you know, your skill in that weapon. And as I mentioned, I think that's an infinite number of things, though I could be wrong. There could be a cap, which would make sense. But it seemed like as I leveled up certain weapons, you know, I would get small benefits to using that weapon. And I think it was by category, although when I tried to switch out two different assault rifles, it only showed the experience on one. Could be a beta bug. That's what I'm guessing, because it seems like it is just, you know, the skill for that weapon type. And from that, I think, you know, that's how they derive how much overall, you know, level experience you're gaining. So it seems pretty varied in that, you know, no matter which of the classes you pick, it, it really just matters which skills you decide to use. Really, the only thing class seemed to determine is how your character looks and what one starting weapon you get. Really seemed to have no point other than that, which is like, you know, why even bother having it at that point? Why not just get rid of classes entirely and just say, you know, pick a starting outfit, pick a starting weapon. Don't even call them class, because everybody's going to make assumptions if you call it class. The game is kind of really large in terms of, you know, it's spread out and the areas do seem pretty open. Most of it is open world. There were a few instances I did, but pretty much it's all open world. You'll get an ATV pretty early in the game. I saw other people with different vehicles. I'm not sure how they got them. Maybe that is another quote-unquote class thing. This is kind of one of the biggest problems I have with Defiance and what really killed it for me with Tabula Rasa is that since it's in an open area space, the bad guys are just pretty much constantly respawning. There were literally times where I would kill a bad guy and it would respawn, you know, less than 10 feet away from me, like 15 seconds later. 
granted, they did a nice job. You know, the people usually come out of doorways, you know, or little building areas. So, you know, it kind of makes sense in terms of respawn. They aren't just reappearing from nothing. But the fact that you're fighting an endless horde makes you really kind of question very quickly, why am I actually killing you? And that's kind of a big problem, I think, in a shooting game. You know, you want to be able to shoot some guys and get a reward for it, other than just kill count and maybe they drop some loot. At least for me, you know, I like to have a reason why I'm killing them. I very quickly just didn't care when I was driving past, you know, a place where there was some bad guys in the middle of the road. It's just like, oh, maybe I'll run this guy over on my way through, but I'm not going to stop and fight this group. There were events that would happen and, you know, you could defeat the event and the event would go away. So there are some things like that. But most of the world just seemed like they were just going to respawn five seconds later. So what's the point in killing them if, you know, I'm going to drive past here in five minutes and they're still going to be here? You know, why should I bother killing them? The simplistic nature of the combat and the quick respawn of the bad guys really didn't feel like it was a very weighty game. I know that's kind of a weird concept to say. But like I said, in comparing to something like Mass Effect 3, which is, you know, pretty much the main shooter that I play since I don't play, you know, Modern Warfare or Battlefield 3, you know, in Mass Effect 3, there's, you know, waves of bad guys that you defeat. You know, they come in, you kill a certain number, and then that wave is clear. And then either a new wave will come in that possibly has different bad guys, or you'll get some kind of specific goal. And there's always this sense of accomplishment. Okay, I killed this guy and this guy, I can progress to this area. You know, maybe there's other bad guys there. Maybe there's a goal. But here in Defiance, it seemed far too much of the time that you're just killing bad guys and they're just respawning almost immediately. So it seemed really kind of way overly simplified in terms of being a shooting game. Another kind of issue I had with the game, which I think was an issue that a lot of people actually couldn't play the game because, you know, of the effects, is that when you turn, it kind of blurs the screen and changes the speed, you know, at which you're perceiving things. It's like if you're aiming and just moving a little bit or you're, you know, running along, you know, say a road or something and you turn just a little bit, it doesn't do that effect. But if you're like, in a big combat, and you turn maybe, I don't know, 45 degrees, let's say, it will blur the screen for just a second. And as somebody who gets kind of motion sick, that really kind of started to affect me after a while. It never got so bad I had to quit. Like I said, I think some people in the beta did have to quit because of it. And while it does have a kind of cool visual effect and makes combat feel a little bit more involved, it just kind of really feels like a gimmick after a while and it's like why is this getting blurry it's just kind of annoying me what's going on so while it was kind of cool visually in terms of you know this being an exciting shooter game it kind of sort of helped it but it kind of sort of detracted from it because it was kind of distracting and like I said it did make me feel a little bit motion sick so I, I think it just isn't really a good option in terms of how can we make combat feel cooler without adding, you know, more complex elements like cover system or things like that. You know, it's like I'd rather not have that in place. I don't know if it's an option, but it seemed kind of 
I don't know, distracting. And like I said, you know, I get a little motion sick, so there's that. And that's not something I want to feel, you know, when I'm playing a game. Would I recommend you spend 40 bucks on it to pick it up? I don't know. When I first started playing, it was pretty much an easy no. This game is not worth 40 bucks. But once I got to level 50 or so, I'd guess maybe three or four hours in, and I actually started finding a store where I could, you know, buy stuff, and I actually saw a few different kinds of weapons dropping, you know, it started to become a little bit more interesting. It's like, okay, cool, now I can try out this other type of weapon and this other type of weapon, see which ones I like, you know, sort of get into the swing of things. Like I said, I found a store, and it's like, oh, cool, here's my favorite kind of weapon, and it's a little bit better, and it's got this cool sort of electrical effect. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that, and maybe it'll be better, and it was. I, I really liked it. And so I started getting into it a little bit later. You know, the, the aspect of being able to collect different weapons with different effect types started to be kind of cool. But the fact remains that there didn't seem to be a whole lot of content and like I said, you know, I played maybe a dozen hours and I was technically halfway through the levels. Could be they accelerated it for Beta Weekend. It could be the normal leveling speed. I don't know. There were tons and tons and tons of skills I did not unlock. There were lots of different weapon types I didn't even try. So there was a lot of stuff to do. There is not a subscription fee so that $40 buy-in will be all you need to pay, but I really wouldn't be surprised if that price dropped very quickly. And honestly, I'm kind of surprised they didn't go with a free-to-play model, because there were no clothing options at all. It's like I had one set of clothing that whole time. It's like, why didn't you go free-to-play and then have you know different customizable clothing options for people to pick? And maybe charge, you know, one or two dollars for each of those different outfits. You know, and then let people, you know, pay for the game that way. Instead of, you know, having no clothing options. You know, maybe it's just the state of the beta, they didn't put them in. But it seemed kind of weird to charge that much for something that seemed so simple. I mean, maybe part of it is because they are going to be on console and having some kind of, you know, in-game store that charges real-world money would, you know, complicate things. But I don't know. I'm still on the fence about it. Like I said early on, it's like I, I would definitely not have recommended people pick it up. But as I got into it, as I got more options, as you know, my skills started improving with different weapons, and it's like, oh, I like this one, I don't like that one. You know, it started to become a little bit more interesting. But still, you know, I'm very hesitant that, you know, I was halfway to max level in theory. You know, I don't know if that's a hard cap at 200 or... You know, if gaining skill past that will still be interesting or not. So I don't know what to say. I would say if you're into shooters that are not at all complicated and you're okay with an MMO setting that is mostly non-instanced and that, you know, bad guys will be respawning almost as quickly as you're knocking them down, you know, there are some random events if you have played Rift, which is Tryon World's other game that people will know. It does have, you know, a sort of Rift-like event system. Big crystal thing will drop down or there will be some kind of fight in a certain area. 
So there are a few Rift-like events. But in terms of overall content, I had the feeling if I started a different character, I would see the exact same content I've already seen. And since classes really don't mean anything in the game, you know, you can buy the skills you want through just playing, there was really no reason to make another character. But it seemed like there really wasn't a whole lot of content to be had, you know, if if I was allowed to keep playing. So that makes me wonder, you know, is it really worth the 40 bucks? I don't know. I guess that depends on, you know, how much you have to spend on games and what you really kind of expect for the money that you're paying. But I don't know. It's really hard to sort of recommend for one group or another. Like I said, for somebody looking for a very serious shooter, something like Mass Effect 3, Modern Warfare, Battlefield, you know, that kind of thing, you're probably not going to be very happy with this one because it is, you know, really simplified. It's just point point your gun at the guy and shoot. It's not even really a whole lot of critical locations and stuff. I mean, I did see, you know, criticals show up if I shot him in the head. And sometimes, you know, they would limp or stagger depending on damage. But you're not going to get the deep, rich experience that you get with those kind of games. And again, you know, those kind of games, you're not used to guys respawning, you know, 10 feet away from you five seconds after you kill them. But here, you know, that's an option. That's a possibility. It could happen. So you have this weird mishmash of sort of a lot of fast respawning MMO style. And it's trying to be a shooting game where, you know, shooting stuff matters. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. I did really like the story that I saw. But like I said, you know, you go through it and I don't think you're going to see it again. So it's kind of a a single playthrough kind of thing. I guess at 40 bucks, it's not too terrible. You can sort of treat it like a single player game. You know, you play through that once and most of the time you don't play through it again. So probably pretty similar thing. So I guess it is really up to you to decide. I probably didn't help sway your opinion at all because there really wasn't much to say. Mostly it's kind of the thing you need to experience. I expect though by the time the NDA drops and people can talk about it, there will also be a lot of videos and a lot of reviews out there for you to check out besides my ramblings. So news is pretty much the same as last time. Gears of War Judgment for the 360 is now out. So if you were watching for that, you might want to pick it up. It's gotten kind of mixed reviews. So if you haven't seen any reviews yourself, you might want to hop on over to YouTube and check out, you know, some of the various reviews by news agencies. Bioshock Infinite is due out very soon on the 26th. And I've pre-ordered that, so you can pretty much expect some early thoughts on that, um, I think, next podcast. Defiance is coming out on April 2nd. Dishonored is getting some new downloadable content called The Knife of Dunwall. That is due out on the 16th. I don't know too much about it, like what it's about or how much it will be, but I do know it will be an actual, you know, downloadable content as opposed to previously, I think they just had some kind of like special maps or something. It wasn't 
actually a full, you know, story plus mission kind of thing. It was just, here's this extra little thing that doesn't really do anything fancy. So it wasn't really an actual downloadable content. This one supposedly will be. So if you have played Dishonored and had a good time with it, you should keep your eyes out for that. And to my surprise, on March 31st is Bunny Day. I don't know why, but I always remember Bunny Day being in April. I don't know if it changed or my brain just remembers it wrong for some reason. But um, yeah, Bunny Day is coming up, so happy Bunny Day to everybody. I think my next podcast will be out you know, that weekend, so I will see it again there. But if you have any little ones or people who enjoy Bunny Day, you should definitely go out and get the stuff for it and be ready because it's coming up. And that's all my news. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing the word and the flowers croon. In the tiki 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 room, our show is delightful. We hope you'll agree. We hope that it fills you with pleasure and glee. Because if we don't make you feel like that, we're gonna wind up on the lady's hat. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing the word and the flowers croon. And so that's it for this week's Rabbit Thramblings. Those who are regular listeners and those who read Epic Fail will know I've been feeling very sad and depressed about my weight lately. I think I talked about it quite a bit a few podcasts ago. But basically, you know, my whole adult life, you know, I was basically like 165 and I I would average heavier around 185. And up until about two years ago, you know, it was more in the 185 range because, you know, I'm homeless and I have to eat bad and I don't sleep well. But then about two years ago, I started really spiking up to about 225. Part of that, I think, started when I broke my ankle and, you know, I was pushing myself around on the little scooter thing. And that's when I found a couple places, most notably the, the place I refer to as the restaurant. And I would, you know, pretty much just hang out there all day because, you know, I had my leg broken, so I had the little scooter thing, so getting anywhere was kind of a pain in the butt, especially driving, since I had a stick shift, you know, it was a really terrible idea to drive a stick shift with a broken ankle. But, um, you know, I had the miracle recovery, and I'm all better. Mostly, I still take stairs cautiously on some days. But anyways, I think, you know, even though my homeless diet was not the greatest, it got, you know, even worse a couple of years ago when that happened because... You know, I was more sedentary than even usual. And, um, you know, I had to make worse choices because, you know, I have to eat out all the time. So anyways, um, you know, being 50 pounds overweight, you know, that's something like 40% gain over what I was averaging. It was, like, really terrible. I just, like, have no energy ever. And, like, you know, walking to my car, you know, I get sort of winded. So I think just... Not quite a week ago, I decided to get a little app for my iPhone. And so now I have this little app and I enter, you know, what food it is I'm eating. And it tells me how many calories it is. It shows like all kinds of other details too, you know, protein and sugars and all that stuff. But I don't understand that much about nutrition to know, you know, what exactly that means. But it's like I put in my weight and I put in my goal weight, as it were. I should told it slightly lighter than I want to be like, I think I put 180, you know, like I said, I was about 185, so it would be great if I got a little bit lighter. 175, I think is about where my body is happiest. But anyways, um, 
Then I told it, you know, how fast I want to lose that weight. I picked a medium speed, which was like one and a half pounds a week. And so now every day, you know, I put in what foods I eat and how much calories it is. And it shows me in a little bar how much, you know, calories I can have total. And it's been, you know, too short of a time to tell. But in that short time, you know, I have been able to better sort of negotiate with myself. Okay, I had a lunch that had this many calories. I should be, you know, good and have a a healthier dinner. Or, you know, if I'm going to have a snack or something, you know, absolutely have a healthier snack if I'm pushing high calorie count. And, you know, I can see, you know, how I'm doing for the day. But I don't stress out, you know, too much over a single day. You know, it's got a weekly, you know, this is how much you are over or under for the week. And so I more worry about that. It's going pretty good so far. I think I was half a pound lighter on my Monday check that I do when I'm at the laundry. I don't know if that's because, you know, I started eating the healthier snacks. And, you know, I I did that a couple weeks ago, started doing that. Or, you know, if it's just coincidence, you know, because you can fluctuate half a pound or a pound or so, you know, a day, it's not, not, um, you know, indicative of actually losing weight. But in the next few weeks, um, maybe I'll have a better idea, especially since I told it, you know, I want to lose one and a half pounds a week, you know, three or four weeks go by, I should definitely see some kind of change if it's working. I don't know. I feel pretty good about it so far. It's not, you know, the greatest thing I should, you know, be exercising and stuff, but you know, I can't control that. I can't, you know, control my sleep. I can't even really control my diet. I mean, I just quickly glanced at, you know, my citrus chicken recipe. And it was like a third or a half, you know, of the calories of a restaurant meal. So, you know, I was eating really good and healthy before. And, you know, it's not something I can control for now. So it's like, you know, I have to watch other things. So I guess we'll see if that um, works out. And if I can finally lose the weight. It says I should be done by October. So definitely an experiment in that and see if I can make it by then. I think it'll get a lot harder as time goes on because I can only cut my calories down, you know, so far. I'll probably look at, you know, more healthy options as I get pinched, but, you know, we'll see as time goes on. I still haven't seen Oz. I want to do that, but I haven't yet. I don't think there's any other movies or TV shows or anything to think about right now. So I guess that's it. Kind of big rambling there about my health and my weight and stuff. Maybe I'll put that in its own section instead of in the clothes. No special notes for episode 100. So, you know, as usual, I am on my own. So I guess that is it for this time. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. Gears of War Judgment for the 360 is due out... Oh, 19th. That's tall. I decided to get a little app for my iPhone. He knows, Doctor. He has reasoned it out. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation... You can find the show website at www.rabbitsramblings.com.
www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space, and be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.